0: of Child Nutrition proudly welcomes you to The Mix-Up, in Ibites production. I'm your host, Chef Patrick Garmong, mixing it up with culinary experts from the child nutrition community. Welcome back to The Mix-Up. I am so honored today to be joined by Chef Jason Hull. He is with Marin County. Did I say that right? Or is it Marin Marin County? Marin County. Okay. My uh, Northwest accent always screws me up, but welcome and thank you for being here today.
1: Hey, thanks, Chef Patrick. It's great to be here. I'm glad we... uh... We're able to spend some time together.
0: Yeah, this is great. We're uh, we're at a conference right now, and I ran into Chef, and he's going to be presenting tomorrow. And I was like, "Hey, you got like 10, 15 minutes? Let's jump on a podcast and talk about what's going on in child nutrition." So, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, always love the topic. It's uh, it's something that um, you know, I have a big passion for feeding our kids well, and uh, yeah. not just in my school, but across the nation. So.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um. So what what brought you into child nutrition? I mean you're a chef you know I, I know you worked in some fine dining like kind of tell me a little bit about your pathway to get here
1: yeah it's um it's an interesting one but i don't think it's an uncommon one uh-huh. so i graduated from Culinary institute of america at Greystone in napa with a bacon and pastry degree and i was going to be the the next great pastry chef of america <laughs> um worked in fine dining for um a couple years straight out of school um you know, I worked under um Chef Bradley Ogden at the Lark Creek Inn in Larkspur. Oh wow. Um and he's, you know, uh, you know, if um, you know, if there's a grandfather of um farm to table in California, yeah. I think he's uh, mentioned in in that. And um and then I worked at Skywalker Ranch as well for a little bit under oh, really? uh, the visionary of George Lucas. Wow. Um and he um, you know, his um the way he fed his employees were, was really the way we were cooking at Lark Creek Inn. He really, um, grasped the farm to table movement and especially being in, um, an industrial setting. Um, Uh, it was, um, you know, uh, of course he's a great visionary in general. Um, so we were doing farm to table up there as well. Yeah. Um, so after a few years in the restaurant business, um, I did a short stint on Nantucket Island, which we, took the California farm to table concept uh-huh. to Nantucket and, uh, did a full year there, which was amazing. But coming back to where my roots in California was, um, um, just a, a great transition at that time. I knew, um, restaurants weren't going to be very conducive, um, <laughs> to starting a young family, right, which, right. uh, we were <laughs> trying to do at the time. Um, so I came back to, um, the private school of Marin country day school, which I've been there 29 years now. Um, and it's been an amazing ride. Um, and it's always had a great food culture for a K kindergarten through eighth grade school. Uh-huh. Um, so I was really kicking around the idea. How can we bring the farm to table movement to a school? Can right. we do that? Yeah. Um, and if we can't do it in Marin County, California, where the heck can we do it? Right. Right. So I set out in 2004, um, after the chef of 30 years retired, um, and, and took that position uh-huh. to um, to really, um, do get, get the vision of, um, pressure products into schools and, um, be a inspiring school lunch program, um, for the rest of the country.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And you, you all have like a culinary farm there on property now. Yeah. So,
1: um, the culinary farm is something we started 10 years ago. Uh Um, after um, visiting the White House to help uh, Michelle Obama and Chef Sam Cath uh, launch chefs move to schools. Um, I was able to spend a little bit of time in the White House garden uh-huh. and see some pictures from that and you know what the chefs are doing with the kids in the garden. And I thought, this is going to be a great way for us to connect our students to their food, right, right? And uh, cultivate better eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically help them learn how to feel their bodies that are healthy for them and the planet um and so we we've i founded that program um about 10 years ago and it's been uh been been awesome ever since yeah
0: i love uh um secret confession i follow chef on facebook and I, so i get to see a lot of these great pictures of, of the gardens and the kids interacting with it and seeing these children's faces just kind of light up with items like kohlrabi and and cabbage and stuff things that Maybe isn't like a traditional, you know, you think about K through eight food and, and they're, they're seeing it, they're touching it, they're tasting it. it I mean, it's, it's amazing to see. Um, how have you been able to kind of help inspire other programs with that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, once you get a child involved with the process, uh, especially when it comes to food, um, so they're helping us grow it, um, take care of it, tend to it, um, harvest it, and then they get to see it on the lunch line. And I think that's the inspiring piece that other schools have taken, taken from my program, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just local farm tours, if they don't have space to, to have expansive gardens, um, just really teaching the kids where real food comes from right. and, and how to feel their bodies. That, and I think that's um, you know that's, that's the, the important takeaway. And the kids take ownership of that they, they're proud of that, and when they see the um you know carrots that we just um grew with them and harvested uh from the gardens um they love they love seeing it on the lunch line they yeah. they eat it up like it's candy True. Right.
0: well i mean there's just there's better flavor to it too when it's harvested fresh like that right i mean Absolutely. they're sweeter they're more intense you know it's not a stamped out baby carrot which there's a space for baby carrots in this world i'm not knocking them but it's just a different interaction with the carrot when you're when you're taking it basically from seed to to plate and experiencing that way and just the fresh flavor i mean first time i had a carrot out of the garden i still remember it you know it's just like oh this is just this is amazing
1: yeah absolutely
0: absolutely skin still on knocking the dirt off and just take a little bite and it's, it's cool. the best way yeah it's the best way yeah absolutely it's funny i live in washington state and you know we're one of the largest apple producers out there and a lot of times our apples end up just going into storage for a while because you know they're trying to keep up with supply chain and everything like that so you get an apple and You know sometimes it's been in storage for 10 months you know and and they're doing all the things to preserve it and it's fine it's safe it's healthy it's great but it tastes so much different than the one you're able to grab right off that tree and experience that fresh connection to your food and it just it's so interesting um you know we'd purchase local apples in season and get them into the district and then the once that um orchard ran out for the year the students who immediately could tell the difference in the taste, the quality, the everything of the apple, right? I mean it just that that step of removing things moving through the supply chain and getting that direct sourcing just really changes the experience with the food.
1: No, it, exactly and I have the same thing happening in my school. So we get our apples um locally uh-huh. from about 50 miles north of us in Sebastopol, California. And that crop usually lasts from August to about December. Yeah. And we have um, an apple farmer who comes and um, talks to the students and, and, and you know, talks about different varieties of apples that he's growing this year and this season and what the season means. And um, he's been a great connection for almost a decade now. And then when we switch over to your Washington apples, which we get in, <laughs> by buy
0: Red Delicious. By, I'm by, not knocking Red Delicious, but well,
1: we get. So what we do is a uh, uh, bit out of pallet with our produce company, uh-huh. and um, whatever is in storage available, and we do get organic apples from Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that by the pallet, and right when we switch over there, we go from, you know, using Naname's organic Sebastopol apples. Maybe three cases a day or two mm-hmm. to one case of the Washington apples, which they're perfectly fine, but it's a whole different experience.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, it's just something about sitting in that cold chain for a while, gassed, and, and just sitting there. It, it does break down the texture of the, the product a little bit. So, I mean, it just, it's just a different connect. And, you know, I, I made that joke about please don't buy Red Delicious. You know, it, there's just such a different experience when you eat a Red Delicious right off the tree yeah. than when you get it. Out of the store, absolutely. It's just, it's, it's a completely different apple, yeah. And I think that kind of highlights just um, that connection to the freshness, and and if we can connect our, our students to that and have them understand where their food's coming from, and and just seeing that face of the grower, sometimes really puts that human connection to it, that element, and um, that's
1: really important to, to know your farmers, and yeah, um, you're, you're spot on with that. We've had lots of farmers come through and, and do some education with us, and, and being farmers ourselves at school. Um, the kids get to put that farmer hat on, um, every week and, and, and love it, get their hands dirty and, and just, um, you know, grow their lunch.
0: Yeah. What kind of support do you get from, um, families and the community to kind of help propel what you're doing?
1: So our school, a fun little fact, our school was founded in 1957. Okay. And one of the co-founders was, um, the sister of Julia Childs. Oh, interesting. So food in general, at marine country day school has has been um not just top of mind but in the culture right. So, and it's got to be good food right so um our administration and boards have always backed um the chefs that come through uh-huh. uh, and especially my programs um because they see the value in it
0: right yeah that's huge and of
1: course the parents um love it
0: yeah right You're connecting the connecting the kids and um just that exposure level right and you know i It's challenging as a parent of young children, um, you know, and we're, we're okay with, you know, financially doing this, but like, there's a lot of households that the, you know, it's the multiple introduction of foods to children is challenging. And, you know, before 18 months, it's what, 15 to 20 times. And after that age, especially when they're in their like formative, you know, four to eight years old, that number can increase up to 35 times of having that food exposed. Well, in a household with minimal income, it's really... Challenging to want to continue to put something on a plate that your child is not going to eat, right? So, right, experiencing that at school in a place that's almost kind of like a, a, a safe haven, and seeing that broccoli thirty five times on on a line, and finally going, okay, I'm going to try it. You know, that, that helps parents out, so they're not having to try it thirty five times making this broccoli that they know their kids not going to eat. Um, so there, there's there's cross pollination there in the exposure level of what we can consume, not just in school but at home.
1: No, absolutely, and we um, we try to be pretty consistent, especially with our salad bars. Um, so the kids are seeing it re- pretty repetitive, and we know what the kids like and don't like for the most part. Um, but seeing it every day, um, you know, again, they they're we're apt to kind of dip their toes in the pool if it's something that they haven't tried or um, just that exposure and seeing their friends trying it um, definitely um, gets the 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 healthy produce into their Stomachs because it's not nutrition until it hits their stomach, right? 100%. So, um, so that's always kind of been the philosophy, um, um, at our school to, to, um, to create uh, or, or grow better eaters.
0: Yeah. yeah. So with the salad bars, um, you know, I think a lot of folks get intimidated, especially in, in the K 8 space, right? To, to have salad bars and students self serving that they, there's barriers of perception in there, so you know. I don't know how that was when you all started it. What were some of the the ways that you helped kind of um, strip away those barriers or those perceptions of making the utilization of salad bars so hard for kindergartners, for example?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's that's interesting because I have I've had a lot of uh, directors and sh- school chefs ask me about um, how does salad bars work, right? Yeah, and it's it's always there, mm-hmm. right? Um not every kid goes to it. Okay. Um most kids get something from it. Yeah. Um but just the history of salad bars in our school, um you know, we started bringing the salad bars in the early 1980s. Oh wow. We've got have pioneers. We've had yeah. Them. So it's Does it's again part of the culture. Yeah. Um but I think it's really really important to allow those kids, even kindergartners, have that kind of choice and see um, a beautiful salad bar, like a like a rainbow, you know, we talk about eating the rainbow all the time. Right. It's there for them every day. And even if they don't try it in the first month or two, they'll eventually start eating from it and, and eventually really appreciate it and love it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So if you were to run into a culinary student that's like, I'm kind of interested in your space working in schools, what would you? What would you tell them do they need to go out and work in the field for a little bit and they come in or you just kind of bring them on in right away like what, what are your thoughts on that yeah well, there's so no wrong answer i'm just so, curious
1: yeah, well, students, um these days i always say number one well there's so many options now there like, are like coming out of school in 97 i graduated cia in 97 it was restaurants or hotels or cruise ships, yeah, right? Yeah. Basically. It's all we and now about. there's like a million different ways you can go. Um, so I think it's an expansive mindset around um, what to do after culinary school. Um, but I always tell the young students um, that are in culinary school now is um, try out what you're grabbing thin towards. See mm-hmm. what you like, right? right? Um, school nutrition isn't for everybody, but more and more chefs coming out of culinary schools are seeing it as a, a great option. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just with the hours alone and being on the school schedule alone, like, you know, I've been spoiled all these years. I don't know if I can, I always joke with my wife about, I don't know if I could go back and work a regular year of work. Right. Right, um, Cause it is so um, it really, it's just that it's a nice rhythm to life. It is. Um, especially if, Uh, again, if you have a family, um, it's just a great option and you're changing the lives of so many young people, um, as they form their palates and how they figure out how to, um, eat healthy for, it's not just for now, it's for a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a great option for every culinary student to at least check out school nutrition because there's so many amazing jobs. Uh, within school nutrition coming out of culinary school
0: there really are i mean it's it's so cool too to see that the career path is there i mean a lot of folks think that you know oh i'm a chef if i go into schools i'll only end up being the district chef but i've had so many folks i know that have gone on to move just from being the district chef to being the director as well and that there's a huge career path there that that can really um help grow your own career You just got to be motivated to want to do it, right? So
1: no, absolutely. And I've been the so my title at at MCDs is executive chef um, and director of food services. Now we're shifting that title because um, I'm not chefing as much as I have been lately. I've (laughs) actually uh, hired a chef the last few years, yeah, so I could work on other projects, right? Um, And other projects may mean inside of the school I'm at mm-hmm. or national projects, right. You know um, some of the most inspiring work that I do is on the national level now. Yeah. Um. And that didn't happen overnight, but eventually over, you know, the tenure it, it, it has. And that's right. what I'm, you know, you could, so you can create as little or as much as you want with this career path.
0: Yeah, no, Truly. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of friends that have, moved on from being at the district level to the national level, doing consulting work or working with other organizations to spread things out. So um, yeah, I mean, the the possibilities are really endless. And speaking of possibilities, I know you've got to go run and take care of another obligation that you're here for. (laughs) So I want to thank you for joining me today. This is a lot of fun. We got to talk a little bit about your career and and uh, the great produce that you serve your kids. So thank you so much for everything you do.
1: Oh, Chef Patrick, it's always a pleasure seeing you. And and this has been a treat to, to jump on a podcast with you. Oh, thank so you. Thank you. It's, oh, it, it's, it's been great.
0: Yeah, I want to hear more. We're going to get you back on in the near future and hear more about some of these national projects you're working on too. So I'd love uh, that. we'll get you on. And thank you so much for your time today.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll see you all on the next Mix Up. Join us next time as we continue to mix it up with culinary experts from the child nutrition community. I've been your host, Chef Patrick Garmong from the Culinary Institute of Child Nutrition. Hey, don't forget to wash your hands.
2: This project has been funded at least in part with federal funds from the US Department of Agriculture Food and Nutrition Service through an agreement with the Institute of Child Nutrition at the University of Mississippi. The contents of this publication do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, nor does mention of trade names, commercial products, or organizations imply endorsement by the U.S. government. The University of Mississippi is an EEO AA Title VI, Title IX, Section 504. ADA, ADEA employer. In accordance with federal law and U.S. Department of Agriculture policy, this institution is prohibited from discriminating on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability. To file a complaint of discrimination, write USDA Director, Office of Civil Rights, Room 326W, Whitney Building, 1400 Independence Avenue, Southwest, Washington, D.C., 202509 410 or call 202-720-5964. USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer.